Aloha Kako, and thank you for listening to Native Stories, an online and mobile app archive aiming to activate and perpetuate the perspectives of those who are connected to the land. My name is Ikaika Bishop, and today we are meeting with Nalu Andrade, a revered practitioner of carving the Ohe Kapala or traditional Hawaiian bamboo stamp. At his wood shop near Honouli Uli Bay, the Vornado fans are drying his bamboo stock 365 days a year in preparation for his next workshop or his next market, including this year's Merry Monarch Festival. Let's find out more about Nalu and the beautiful work he does with Namaka Kahiko. We are here at his shop in Honouli Uli. Mahalo e Nalu for letting us join you today. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo for coming and talking to me. Please share with us a little about who you are and where you're from, how you got here. Uh, my name is Nalu Andrade. Uh, originally, I'm from uh, Pro City. And uh, when I was a senior in high school, we moved down to this area, Honouli Uli. Honouli uh, Uli is the, the bay for Westlock. And it's about a hundred yards to the right. It's a beautiful place. Um, so you grew up around here? Uh, when I was uh, a senior, my mother and father had bought the house in uh, Westlock Estates. And they also picked up this house in uh, Fairways, the, the subdivision, Westlock Fairways. And I've been living here for the last 17 years. Wow, that's a long time. And so have you been um, creating art here for those entire 17 years? Right here, bro. <laughs> this is this is my workshop. This is my, my nice steady bench. I got uh, my AC unit with Vernado, and I got a TV and a radio. <laughs> and this is where it happens. Yeah, I do majority of all my carving right here where we're at. That's beautiful. And so you've been doing that for 17 years now? Actually, I've been doing it for way longer. My story is uh, when I was growing up, I wasn't uh, much of a studious kind of kid. I was mokolohe, and uh, I was introduced to my va'a ohana when I was uh, 17. Uh, I was uh, one of my friends had introduced me to Nainua Thompson. She knew that I knew all these things about this this Hawaiian movement that we had, and uh, she was like, "Well, we know Nainua." You know, we know his family, you know, we're going to introduce you. So we got to get to talk to him one night, and uh, he set up an appointment with his uh, mentor, Gil Arne. And uh, Gil Arne, was to, he used to play for the Chicago Bears, a football player. He used to be a professional wrestler. So he's a big guy. It's the Arne family from the Puno. Yeah, so he, he talked to me. He said, come down to Pier 40. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna start then. So I'm all excited, you know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna meet, you know, a, a few of my idols that I had my eye on. And uh, that Saturday, I went down, and you know, I met Clay Bertelman, Shorty Bertelman, Mal Piailu, John Cruz, uh, Terry He. I, I met Rocky Jensen, you know, and then that opened up to Sam Kaai. Uh, Keone Nunez, so all these mentors, and when we were working on Hokulea, you know, these guys, they knew that I was a troubled kid, you know, they tried to guide him, so not Kumu, but more mentor, so those guys, my Ba'a Ohana kept me in check in those young years, 
And then uh, through that, I met uh, Ray Bowman Jr. And he kind of took uh, me and a, a few other guys under their wing and showed us woodworking work ethics, how to use a chainsaw, how to how to make things work when you don't need when it, it's not supposed to work. So those guys played a, like a really big influence uh, in my life. And just, you know, all around nurturing where back then in that time, that Hawaiian Renaissance era was just, you know, it was just growing. Now we're in this awakening state and, you know, we're all getting into it. And uh, Keone Nunez, uh, that, that's like my second father. You know, he, he always pulls me back, puts me in check. And he he played, like, one of the biggest roles in my life. I think if it wasn't for those guys, I'd probably end up in prison with Ed. If it wasn't for any of those guys taking their time just to talk to me and tell me, oh, I don't think you should be doing that, brother. I think you should be doing this. Well, you go have fun doing that, but after you, Paul, come back. So those guys, like... I, I think that they made the person now when it comes to doing this art. And it, and it's not just, okay, you do this art, you do it well. Knowing the meaning, knowing why, going through the interesting ways of making it. Like trying to make an ohe kapala with a sharp knife, no problem. Try and do it with a sharp piece of shell or a sharp tooth. You know, trying to figure out how they did it. And when you do it and you do the work of the older guys and how they did it, then you have a better understanding mm -hmm. on how it was done. So things come natural. Like when it comes to that kind of wood kind of things, I'll pick up on it real fast. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. And, you know, and guys just look at me and they're like, it's, it's unbelievable how you do that. And it's just like, boy, it, it's time practice, but sometimes things just make sense. And that's why I do it. This just makes sense. And now with this awakening that I feel that we're going through, Ohe Kapala, the revival, more and more people are doing it. And a lot of people tell me that I give things away too easy. My ideas, my thinking, how I carve. And it's not I give it away too easy. It was never mine. I'm sharing with them. My experiences with it help them promote themselves and do something else. And so far, it works for me. I don't mind sharing. That's the agreement I had with all my mentors. Why? Pass it on. It's not yours. You need to pass it on. So I guess they seen something in me where this guy will take it further than it is now. And let's make this revival and make it happen. Well, that's awesome. So you mentioned Ohe Kapala carving. I'm just curious, was that something that you've been doing since the beginning? Or did you grow into doing those? That was, uh, I've always carved Ohe. I first started off with bone fish hooks. My fascination with bone fish hooks from all over Polynesia was uh, one of the biggest things. And... Uh, I was privileged enough to work at Bishop Museum and talk to Dr. Somoto and got his take on what he found 
and why he thinks the maid looks that way. This is back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, the fascination with the tying. Every hook inside there were, was tied differently. So trying to figure out that rope work, the snoop lashing, you know, really intrigued me. So, you know, just doing that and uh, once again with uh, Keone Nunez and Sam Kai, these guys were the, they're the top bookmakers that we had back then. I mean, there were, there were many, but these are the guys that I concentrated on. And, you know, just sitting down there and, and working with them, you know, it, I don't know if it was a calling, but for me, I had to go through that, that experience and all those things to even using it to catch fish. And I've, I've done it. I've done it. I mean, it wasn't the most beautiful thing. <laughs> I mean, the, the lure was bigger than the fish, but hey, we caught a fish. Yeah. So I know it works. And, you know, just that alone, you know, proves to me that Ike Kupuna had weight. So we studied off into that. And then I got into uh, more things. We started making, working on canoes and making the simplest thing like an oil. Everybody thinks, oh, that's just a stick with a sharp end. Oh, it's a little bit more if, if you go stick it in the mud and then you try to use it. Or the owamo, the carrying stick. Everybody's like, oh, it's just a bent stick with two little bumps on the end. I say, oh, it takes a little bit more than that. And, you know, getting to know why they made them and using them, I think, has opened up, like, different things to me. For example, the ohe kapala. Everybody who does Ohe Kapala, and there's a, there's a lot of people that does Ohe Kapala, and trying to get across what they're trying to say or whatever, you know, it's geometric shapes. We're trying to make a story using this. Like, we, we do, we talk about the Mauna nowadays, and I have a Mauna print. That's what I call Mauna. That's, I've always called it that. That's what I called it. And a lot of people are saying, oh, is it because of the Mauna movement? And I'm like, oh, it's not It's not just about a movement, but it's the awakening. If you can use my design that I've done for your own benefit, then use it. I usually, if I make something for a certain person or a certain halal, and I, I tell them, this is why I made this. And I put a little bit more thought into it. That is made for them. They gave it a name. It's yours. But you came up with the design. No, no, no. This is yours. I made this for you. You can go on and use it. Some people are going, oh, but, you know, wouldn't you know the true meaning of the design? Yes. But I made it for them with their thinking, and we talked about it, and this is what I came up with. And I think that right there should be enough. Some people some people agree. Some people don't agree. They, they'll be like, oh, the kind uses that. And in his uh, uh, Ohe print, I said, well, you know, the, nobody owns triangles. It's a, <laughs> nobody owns the patent on them. So then you get deeper, and then friendship that you make when you sit down and talk to these people and try to figure out what they're trying to get across you know that that's one thing i like about doing ohe kapala the other thing i like doing is teaching people how to do it and having their own thoughts on it 
and how to come up with things by manipulating the chisel on how to cut. Or if I angle my my uh, my spoon this way, what effect is it going to give? So giving people the ability of doing that, I am teaching. I am completing my mission with my mentors by paying it forward, I guess, or, or give a paying back, you know, all the knowledge that they give me. And, hey, if you like it, take it, run with it. If you don't, oh, keep looking for the one that you like. You know, you're going to make whatever you're going to make, and that's fine. Everybody's Ohe Kapala is nice. Everybody's Ohe Kapala is beautiful, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a long process, all the work that goes into preparing the Ohe Kapala. Can you share with us a little about that process? Well, I go up to the mountains, and I, I harvest green bamboo, and a lot of people don't like that. But since it's so, it's an invasive species, it grows like a weed. And today we can go and cut down 30 stalks. Tomorrow we'll go back. We'll have about eight, six-foot starters popping up. That's how fast it grows <laughs> overnight. Respectfully going up there and harvesting. The curing process takes a while. Uh, cut the molds off, soak them in salt water. I, I put them on the drying rack from anywhere six months to a year. Um, just getting everything prepared for when I carve Ohe Kapala. You know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, I just go get the green one. That's good to them. And then it warps on them or it breaks down. The bugs start eating it. They start growing mold. They never take the time to correctly cure the wood. They never meter, have the meter. In my shop, you'll see I have a fan blowing over here onto my drying rack. That fan never turns off. I got to buy a fan every other year because the motor will burn off. <laughs> and because it just circulates the air and, and dries it out. So preparing uh, the ohe, that, that, that's like a big step that needs to be taken and needs to be taken with care. And time, you cannot get a rush, these kind of things. So I usually just go ahead months before, cut the bamboo, have them drying out. So when something does come up, like a halal needs to make ohe kapala for their pa'us, they'll call me up. I have everything. All you need to do is show up with your ideas. And uh, it usually works that way because like when they come up, they say, well, I'm thinking about doing this. And I'm like, well... You got to understand we're printing, so now we got to use positives and negatives. It's totally different concepts from what you're thinking of making these really thin lines stand out because the Hikapala will break. Some some people, they like to use paint. I don't use paint. Yet we're doing something ancient that needs to be done with the things that they use, the natural dyes. This is not for ink or paint. I mean, it's not for paint. This is for basically ink. So, you know, trying to explain it to them. They're like, oh, we wanted to print our shirts and we're going to wash it and it's going to come right out. It's like, oh, they printed kappa. They never washed kappa the way that we wash clothes now. So it's like totally different. And trying to get across to everybody the difference between positives and negatives. Some people will get it like that. Some people doesn't. They, they won't. So, you know, when you teach them, they have a better understanding. Then they have more respect on the work and doing it. And they're like, oh, that's really going to be hard. I'm like, yeah. But it can be done, and I'll show you how. 
Amazing. Sounds like you've taught quite a few people over the years. Has any of your students stand out? Do they still continue your teachings today? All my students come in and they try and they do great because it's their work. There's only one person that I taught that got it and he's pretty good. And his name is Kakelu Takesu. He's uh, from Japan. Uh, he's a woodworker. So he kind of knew the basics already and he wanted to know if it was okay for him to make ohe kapala in Japan. And I told him, yeah. And I told him he can only make ohe kapala in Japan if he makes four designs that has to do with Japanese things. And he kind of didn't understand what I was trying to say. I said, you have to make Japanese kapala before you make Hawaiian kapala. He still didn't understand, so I, you know, I said, okay, for example, Mauna Kea, my Mauna Kea pattern, and he'd be like, yes, make Mount Fuji. Oh, so he had to pick four things, and when he did, he made a Mount Fuji, he made Sakura, the, the cherry blossom, he made all, the, he made these different patterns, and it was, it was wonderful, this is what I wanted. And uh, he, he did it, and then he sent me it, and he asked me what I think, and then he described everything the way that I wanted him to describe it. And I said, well, okay, yeah, now you can. So he's up there. Uh, they have a lot of hula dancers up there that like doing uh, arts and crafts. So, you know, he, he does it up there. He has a, a few classes every year. And uh, he just, he, he enjoys it. He enjoys the thinking. And the guy's really good. Like, if, if you put me and him next to each other, I mean, I know I'm going to beat him. <laughs> but he's, he's like, he's up there. He's like one of the best guys I've ever seen carve Ohekopal. Uh He's quick. Wow. He's quick. Uh, we, we can, like, if we sat down and just worked, and, and we've done it right here in this shop, you know, he'll, he'll stay with me for... Every year he comes here for about a week, and he stays with me. And uh, one time we're over here, and I'm drinking ava, and he's drinking his beer, and we're bouncing ideas off of each other, and then we just start carving. And we're sitting here, we're carving, and then he goes, he gives his, uh, the, the one that he was working on to me, and I give the one that I was working on to him, and he is okay. And then we'll start carving on each other's ohe kapala to give it like a different design. So we're coming up with that kind of stuff and just having somebody compatible enough in an artist's mind coming up with these things. And you know, we bounce things off of each other. He's got some. He got some great points. And uh, that 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 guy, I I really like that guy because he. I mean, he's very respectful. He always asks before anything and he knows what is couple and what is not couple and he's, he's aware of all these things like for him because Japan has a lot of hula dancers they all want to put stamping on top of there ever since Manola came out with all his things everybody wants oh he could off and you know which is good but he has a better understanding than the, the regular person in Japan and how to do it. So he's been doing like the halals up there and he's been helping them, you know, uh, with uh, carving the bamboo, uh, 
how to do things safely. Because the style of carving that I do is totally different than uh, more of a traditional sense. It's a form of chip carving. And uh, the, basically, the tools are safer to use the way that I do it. And uh, I've, I've done it with kindergartners, high schoolers, middle schoolers, kupuna. And, you know, I I mean, knock on wood, nobody got seriously hurt. There's some, like, scrapes here and there. Nothing really serious. But, you know, compared to, uh, I've, I've taken a class where they use exacto blades. And, all right, so, you know, brought to go to the hospital. You know, so it's like, uh, I don't use exacto blades. I use chisels. And the, the, the style of carving is more controlled. And I make sure that all the students know that. I introduce them to the tools. A lot of guys, they don't. They go, here's a knife, here's some bamboo, go figure it out. They come to me, I'll, I'll take the time. This is a V-chisel. It's also known as a parting tool. This is how we're going to hold it, and this is how we're going to use it. And, you know, when you show people that, they get more comfortable, and they start, you know, and then, then you can tell them, okay, by turning this around this way and using it this way, you get a different look. And, you know, it kind of just, you know, you see that aha moment when it when it pops out. They're like, oh, my God, I just did it. I say, yeah. It gets better with practice. Everything gets better with practice. I mean, you're an artist yourself. You see it. The more you do one thing, you'll get good at it. Yeah. A lot of the students, how do they find you? Do you teach classes at the university? Uh, I, I do a lot. I teach at the universities. Uh, they'll call me up usually for their seniors. Uh, to make their key haze, they want to snap on their key haze. I, I do a lot of, uh, I do some workshops usually around Christmas time. Uh, I try to help some of the brothers out. Hey, if any of you guys like make you guys wahines happy, give me a call about that. Check, follow my Instagram or Facebook, then you'll see the shop making wife a whole bunch of earrings, and she'll be happy. Do you usually invite them down here to the shop, or do you usually do it on site at the at their location? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, sometimes I'll have it here. Sometimes I'll have it other places. If there's a venue that we can use, like uh, I've just been up to Maui at Hui Noel, and we did uh, a session there. It was uh, two classes, and, you know, the, the response was big, and they, they want to do a different one. They want me to come back. Uh, I've, I've done halals all over the place. I've, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to hit every single island. But just trying to find a spot to do it at that would, you know, uh, you know, facilitate us. I, I, I need that. I mean, I can do it at the beach, but, you know, what if it's raining? No pavilion. Then, then we're kind of stuck. So I, I kind of go all over. Um, usually people, uh, they hit me up and they send me an email saying, you know, I have this class. We'll set them up. They're doing a huike to uh, Punalu'u on Oahu. Uh, they're going to be at the Kamehameha School's house. They'll call me up. They want to know if I can come down, give a presentation, show these kids how to do it. And, yeah, no problem. I'll be there. I just need to know how much kids. I'll give a little bit of history about the Ohe Kapala. And, you know, that's that's one of the steps. You know, we educate these people about these things. Then it means a little bit more. And this distinctively Hawaiian thing, there's only one culture in the world that used bamboo to make a repetitive stamp. And that was the Hawaiians. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that, the, the Tahitians, the Tongans, the Samoans, no, the, 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 I think the Tongans, they do a thing called kapesi, but it's more of a pin and rub than a stamp. 
and the, the intricacy of the, the stamps, the ones that are on display in the Bishop Museum and the stuff that are coming out now, it's like two totally different things, you know. And I, I look at the the older ones in the collection and they're so tiny. It just I'm I'm trying to fathom the, all this, these this these little sticks going like this, trying to make this design and how much time and care was put into it. So, you know, when I when I tell people that they, they, they want like this four inch by twelve inch oh it's not done like that. You should use linoleum. <laughs> and they're like, Oh no, I gotta use oh it's just not that big. Yeah, you're gonna find an eight-wide yeah. piece of pebble. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> you know, I, I keep on telling them that, and then some people get it, some people don't. You know, I understand what they're trying to do, but those things took time. They gotta stop and take time, go through the process. How long would you say um, a person would need to practice before they're they're confident on maybe just the basic skills of creating the ohe kapala? Everyone is different. The individuality of the person and how it comes out, what what things they're trying to bring out. You know, I can say that I can teach anybody how to carve Mohekapala. What you do with it after that, you know, it's all on your own. Like when I started making fish hooks with Keone, ah, I didn't know what else. I had a soup bone. I didn't know what I was going to do, right? Figuring out how to work things, working the angles, how to come up with this. Have enough guts to go to him and show my work and ask him to critique it. That's what a lot of people don't like doing. And those are, that's how you're going to learn. Or you see over here, it's a little bit too flat. you got to round it off. It's supposed to be round. Or this point is too sharp. It's not going to do what it's just going to break off. You know, those things... Take it back, work on it. But the next day, I'm right back in his face. What do you think about this? So, you know, those things when you always ask, and always ask anybody, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, this is nice. Oh, I think maybe you should do this, or maybe you should do that. Take that to heart, but don't take it to heart. Don't get hurt. Learn from it. And, you know, some people get it, some people don't. Like that, the, the Japanese student that I have, he gets it. He's on it. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do. I've noticed that you've uh, kind of segregated a little bit into the jewelry realm, which isn't exactly Ohe Kapala, but still shares the similar techniques, designs, and also meanings behind them. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us a little bit about those techniques and meanings? Yeah, so I was asked by Vicky Takamine because they were doing the wearable arts mm-hmm. for Mamo. And Ohekapala is an art form. So I said, like, you know what? We'll, go, we'll turn this on its head and we'll go make jewelry. We'll make earrings. We'll make pendants. We'll make hair picks. And, you know, we'll show our kupuna. And where it's it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's not just this. It can be used for this. So we, we, did, we did this modern thing where we put them on earrings and pendants. And, you know, and it just took off. You know, so I feel kind of good about that because then I get people interested in the work of the people of Wu. If I could get them to do that, hey, maybe they're going to do something else like Kokopuawu, making Iheis, you know, down to making Olona, making the Senate, making these ropes, doing fish hooks. You know, it's like 
all the things that we have now are in books. All we gotta do is pick them up, look at them. You know, it, that that's one of the best things, picking it up and just trying to do them, imitate them, mimic them. Love that. You're taking a traditional technique and you're kind of pulling a modern art out of it um, to increase the visibility and popularity, uh, but also paying respects to the tradition mm-hmm. and the ways of old. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Um, do, you, do you feel that a lot of the designs you use are traditional designs or do you think you've migrated more into modern styles of traditional designs? I would say I do. Majority of them, because it's done now, it's modern. I can make some of the works that are inside Bishop Museum. I like to stay away from that because that's, for me, I never make that design. I don't like putting no name on top of it because got to put name because nowadays, oh, they need to know what it means. Uh, I never make those. The ones that I do make, I put a ge- basically a generic name. For example, I do this... Uh, Kai pattern, this ocean pattern. But it could be your feather pattern. It could be somebody's freshwater pattern. It could be a whole bunch of different things to somebody else. But for in order for me to understand what you're talking about, you know, I said, oh, oh, you know, the Kai earrings. I really love the Kai earrings and I want to get a matching hair pick. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I know the design. And, you know, so I leave it kind of open like that. So I understand, like, you know, it's, I tried to do a wind pattern one time. And I wanted, the, the, when I did that wind pattern, I wanted to honor Keone because he's from Waianae side. I wanted to do Kaiolu, and it's just whipping wind that blows. So I tried to make it. And it, it wasn't coming out, but I had it. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to put it on. Let's see what people think. And uh, I think I made five of them. And this lady came up and she grabbed, she just went straight to them. And she grabbed three of them. And she was like, oh, my God, I've been waiting forever for somebody to do them. And I was like, oh, can I help you? And she was like, did you make these beautiful things? I said, yes, I did, Auntie. And then she was like, okay, so are you a mole? And I'm like looking at her, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm not a mo'o. And she was like, no, because my family is all mo'os. And you know us mo'os, we don't like everybody know, but because you made the thing with the, the toes of the mo'o hiding behind the earring, and I'm wearing the earring. And I'm like looking at her, and I'm like, wow, that came out of the blue. And I'm like, I'm going to run with it. That's my new mo'o pattern. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but see how other people think. Yeah. And she bought earrings for her and her sisters. And I was like, you know, okay, now she, she went even deeper than I went. So, you know, I, I started going deeper in different things, and I, I wanted to bring more color out so we can identify with these things. And that's when I did the, the bone earrings that were dyed. I did the blue for YL, the dark blue, the Kaiuli. I did Enna uh, Enna, the red, uh, the Lilinois, I did that misty gray, you know. And then I wanted to show people all the different things that we have, that we can make this, take a little bit from nature and make it in an art form and to adorn ourselves for the mamo. 
So, you know, I had all these things coming up and, you know, you know, and it just worked. It just clicked. And so we've been doing that for a few years now. And we've also been selling at, um, well, Mary Monarch's like my biggest, my biggest thing that we do. And we sell at uh, uh, Butler Building uh, for Nelson Makua's Invitational Craft Fair. So I've been up there. It, this year's going to be six years. And, uh, you know, I've been, we've been blessed. Uh, returning customers, they always come in. We always have a good time. And, you know, when we when we all get together, it, it's just a great, you know, like one night, okay, we'll eat at Ken's. The next night, we're going to eat at Rubens. The next night, we're going to eat Ratanas. You know, we all meet up. And then, you know, we all support the, the local community over there. And then, you know, some people got, a hotel. Some people stay with family members. Um, this year, we're going to be going back to Kau, and we're, I'm going to drive our half every day back and forth uh, because uh, we get house over there, and you know it's good to go spend some time with uh, the Ohana down that side, and you know just you know, and that pushes us up on a, a more a different level where it's accepted by our our Lahui, our community. Those are the people that this is meant for. And, you know, and of course, we, we've got people from all over the world. You know, it's an invitational craft fair. So we got we got people from Japan, Korea, and they all come in and they, they look at our stuff and they're, they're just intrigued by some of the things that we do. And, you know, and that I think that's just one of the things where I can help promote our culture by doing this. And, you know, just giving them something small as an earring to remember that by and to look at it and to be like, wow, they really stamped something using these things. That's like unbelievable. You know, and uh, that that's how we've been running stuff for the last six years. Wow. Um, how long does it take you to prepare for that? Is, is there any like thing special that you end up doing in order to prepare for Mary Monarch? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, like uh, I got all these ones, all these bamboo over here that I got to cut up. Uh, prepare to make the blanks for the the earrings uh start cutting out the earrings like right now i think i have 300 pairs cut out that need to be put on the the the, the hardware the hooks the cards and then put away in a box i force myself to carve 10 things every day and i'll start at uh november so 10 things every day I got a carve. No matter if it's a hair pick or if it's ohe kapala or if it's earrings, it has to be. And I do it all the way to when I leave. Wow. If I miss a day, I just double it on the next day. It's a quota. Yeah, there's a quota. So, <laughs> you know, if, if I just keep on doing that. So, I mean, it's just preparation. Like, I got to kind of think of, okay, what design is going to sell more? I know Mauna Kea sells well especially now with everything on Mauna Kea. So I'll make a little bit extra of those so people can get those. And I won't make so much of the mo'o because not that much mo'o people go to the Big Island in that area for Mary Monarch because Pele's uh, fights with the mo'o. You, you already know the story. I mean, that's that's really getting deep into it. But that's some counter. Yeah, you get some counter. So <laughs> I get some more people come, but not a lot. So... You know, getting all these things and trying to, like, categorize what's important, what needs to be done. I still have orders for my wholesalers. 
I still have people all over the world asking for Ohikapala. I have people asking for workshops. You know, I'm doing all these things. I was explaining to you, like, uh, the next two months before Mary Monarch, I got nine classes that I got to teach. And this UH, because it's going to be graduation time pretty soon. They're all making their own. No problem. I got them. I'll put the two days on the side for them. Nice. So I know I got to prepare. I got to make a little bit more. So instead of just doing 10, like today, I already did my, I did 20. Tonight, I'll do 30 more. Wow. So, you know, it's just carving out those things, getting them all ready. And you, I mean, I wish they made an app that worked for time management because, I mean, sometimes my day starts at 5 in the morning. And it don't end till like two in the morning. Do you spend any time creating something unique for yourself? Or do you have something that you're very proud of that you've created for yourself? Something perhaps other than Ohikapala or jewelry? Well, no, I, I just uh, recently, uh, I was asked to uh, join uh, this Kalaiki group with Andre Perez. And, you know, that takes it to another level, yeah? Uh, working with more ads again, you know, uh, uh, really excited about that. We're taking it to the next level, you know, getting the skill base. Uh, Sham is teaching, Lionel Grant's teaching. Uh, we all, we juggle things back and forth with each other. You know, I'm super stoked that get other guys that, you know, have the same passion and want to do the same thing. And that, uh, uh, Andre, them, you know, that we have this opportunity. He made this opportunity for us to learn from some really good masters and, uh, you know, carry this even further. Uh, it's just, you know, working with wood, for me, working with wood is like one of the best of the, the best uh, feelings I, I can get. You know, you can, you can give me two sticks, bro, and I'll be a happy camper. You know, we'll figure out something. Uh, I like doing these things, and you know, if 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 I can uh, make a, a living and provide for my family by doing this, then, but that's the that's the right call. Like I've worked a lot of jobs, I've done a lot of different things in my life, and you know, hey, nothing nothing will beat your health or your family. You shouldn't put anything on the side for that. Everything should be about those things. You know, it's like everybody is like, yeah, but you know, I mean. It's hard. I say, hey, but I'm not a rich guy. I'm not a rich family. You know, I've got two daughters that know who their dad is that's involved in their lives. You know, I have a lovely wife who supports me in doing these things. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. I, I, I got a dog. He don't like me much, but I still love him. You know, <laughs> feed him every day, clean up after him. And, Still like bite me, but that's okay. That's that's just him. <laughs> you know, like guys, rescue dog, guys. You know, like guys. So, oh, well, it's it's beautiful to hear that your passion is your family and your health, and you put that in front of of your work. But I also love to hear how you use the work to support your family and your health. I think that's very important for artists, um, and very blessed to be able to do that as well. Yeah. Um. Is there anything new that you're coming out with that you have ideas that you're sparking that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, um, 
I am. I'm, I'm trying to put together a, a program where I can help out uh, people who suffer from depression, PTSD. I would love to work with the wounded warriors. And uh, uh, what it is is uh, in our culture, we have uh, the coco, the, the, the walking stick, the cane. And I want to help these guys with depression now, especially like our vets, because... Uh, you know, I, I've looked at the stats. I've checked out all the numbers. 22 a day. We lose more guys to suicide than we do the war. Something's wrong. Something's broken. If I can use this, and if I can use our culture to help them try to fight that, if I can save one guy, bro, I've done, that's, that's job well done. I can save everybody, but I'm going to save whoever I can. I would love to save everybody. But if I can teach them by putting all the heaven that they got to carry on the koko and not be tied to uh, tied to themselves. Like if, if you was you was in the uh, Marines and then you fought in Fallujah and I show you this koko and I say, from birth to now, we're going to come up with the design on top of your koko and it's only going to take eight inches and it's going to go right around and we're going to carve something to describe your life from birth till now and have them carve it out using geometric shapes uh different strikes on top with the the, the chisel or the the carving knife if i can show them something where the 13 triangles that they made on top of their thing oh it's a beautiful thing but nobody will know unless you want to share with them that that's the 13 brothers that you lost in that battle. Nobody's going to know that unless you share with them. So you don't have to wear it on your shoulder like a badge. And people calling you a baby killer. You go over there and make haka haka someplace else where we shouldn't have been. Nobody's going to know unless you share it with them. Let that, let the koko carry all your heaven. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not supposed to worry you. Let the koko carry it. And, you know, I mean, it, it's a cool thing. I, uh, I've talked with Lionel Grant about this, and he said it's a great idea. He goes, you've seen the toko tokos we have in New Zealand, bro. We just, we went we went crazy on them. And like, you know, I, I would really like to do something like that because, you know, I mean, uh, for a lot of guys, especially uh, for the local boys and, well, you know, for basically everybody, if I go hiking, I'm looking for a stick to help me walk up. Okay, I've always done it from when I was a little kid. We had boys and girls doing the same thing. We all had a stick. So if I can bring that back and make that happen where I can teach them how to carve these things with, you know, uh, with uh, little hand chisels or a pocket knife and teach them how to create this thing. And, you know, it just might be like a cool little stick that you got, your storytelling stick, something that you'll have. Uh, to hold all these memories on there, and the the story not over, bro. You still got four feet of the stick to carve. You know, it's never ending. And you know, and and, and hopefully, you know, they they see uh, value in that, and they keep it going forward. So that's one of the things that we're trying to come up with right now. I just, you know, putting it on pen and paper, easy. Trying to get everybody together and move in the same way, very difficult. 
So that's one. That's the next. The, this year is supposed to be when we start doing that. Oh, that's awesome. I can definitely see the connection between not just the therapy of creating the piece, but also kind of the significance of having the piece, how it kind of manifests as a source for healing, inspiration. Um, that's beautiful. I, I can't wait to hear more about it in the, in the upcoming months. And so for our listeners, uh, where can we find your wares nowadays besides Mary Monarch? Is, do you have a shop? Are there local stores or international stores? Uh, I have earrings everywhere. I have them at Kamakana Ali, at Ueno Eyal. I have uh, Bishop Museum, Volcano House. They're, they're all over there. I got some in Kona, Maui, uh, Native Intelligence in Maui. So you can get my stuff all over the place. Uh, you can go direct to our uh, website. Go to uh, Instagram, and then it'll link you up to our website. You can order from our website. Or you can catch me at almost every craft fair that is on Hawaii. I'll be there. Except for the Blaze the one, but I do made in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, let's see. You can find me all over the place. That's awesome. Some of our listeners are interested always in getting the latest and the greatest. Uh, is there anything um, new as far as designs going for Mary Monarch that might be debuted this year? Yeah, actually, there is. And you're going to have to come to Mary Monarch and find out what it is. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nalu, for having me here today. Honolulu Native Stories really appreciates everything you do for our people, the culture, and the traditions, and, and especially for the Haumana and the and soon for the vets. You know, everybody who needs yeah. help. All in the same va'a. All, all in the same va'a, brother. Mahalo, Nalu, for allowing us into your wood shop where the practice of carving continues to be passed on through both traditional and modern arts. We are honored to share your story of origin and hope it brings inspiration to others interested in carrying on this craft. And mahalo again to our listeners for connecting with us on Facebook by searching Native Stories or through our website at www.nativestories.org for the latest and greatest activations of Indigenous perspectives. If you or your ohana has a story to share about their culture, their arts, their history, or their homeland, contact us through Facebook and let us know what exciting perspectives you have to share. Now, before I go... Please download our mobile app and listen to our podcast by searching Native Stories in the App Store. Support our nonprofit by clicking like and rating us with five stars. Become a sponsor and also donate. Your support helps us advance technology for students, publish and produce original perspectives, and empower the youth of our communities to advocate for what they believe in. And until next time, please share us with your friends, your family, and the entire Ahupua'a. Mahalo a Mikea Lohanui. Ahui ho.